0: You guys, I really can't put into words how excited I am for this episode. So without spoiling too much, I am gonna kind of tell you guys how this interview got started. So a classmate of mine from high school, Jesse, um, we're friends on Facebook and I just saw him posting kind of all of a sudden about Jesus and stories from the Bible and things he was learning about Jesus. And he'd be the first to tell you cause he's gonna share in this episode, but it was just, very different from the person i guess i knew from high school and i wanted to find out dude how did this happen and so i just ended up messaging him and said hey i'm really inspired by all the things that you're putting out into the world like when did you meet jesus and he told me and i was like man you need to be on my podcast um so jesse graduated from uw platteville he played football there and now He works for a water utility supplier, which is super, super cool. But honestly, that is just like the surface of who Jesse is, because right now his life is so rooted in Jesus and God's plan for his life. And I'm just so excited for you guys to hear his bravest moment because it's truly, truly amazing. Hello and welcome to Be Brave with Emma B. I'm Emma, your host, and I'm so excited that you're here. In a world that fills us with stories of fear and anxiety, I'm here to share stories of bravery and fearlessness. I'm bringing on some of the bravest people I know and sharing some stories of my own to show you why anyone can choose to be brave if they have faith and surround themselves with encouraging people. So come along. Let's be brave together. A quick word from our sponsor, Daffendel. Daffindel is a small business that is woman owned. This online boutique was started by Lydia and Mallory, who I just so happened to have nannied in my teen years. These girls started this boutique to provide an affordable and trendy clothing option to women of all ages. They stock products that represent each of their personalities through their items. You guys will definitely want to go check it out. And I will have um, all of their information to their website and their Instagram linked in the description below. hi jesse welcome to the podcast
1: hi i how are you doing
0: i'm doing awesome it's so great to have you on the show how are you doing
1: i'm doing well yeah thank you for having me
0: i'm just i'm so pumped to hear more about your story because like we kind of talked about before we started recording i've just been following your journey on social media and like we were friends in high school but i really haven't talked to you since then But social media is awesome because I have been able to kind of like watch your story from like high school to college to now like unfold. And recently there's just some things that you've been talking about, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, that I've just been kind of awestruck by. So I'm going to ask you the question that we're going to be asking everybody on the podcast. And that is the question, what is the bravest thing that you've ever done?
1: So for me, I think that's a lot more complex just just in like a simple like one line answer okay. but if i could if i could simplify it for myself i think the first step of that would be um looking at my whole life and realizing that everything that i thought i knew about my life i didn't actually know okay. Like I like what i thought was true in my whole life or how i thought the world was supposed to operate actually looking at it A different perspective and then it all started with me looking at myself and realizing how angry i was how i was using so many other things to fulfill myself and then actually admitting to myself is what started it that i actually wasn't okay Mm -hmm. and that i was so broken that i didn't even I, i didn't even know that for 24 years so i think that the bravest thing that i had done in my life was to look inside of myself and to first admit that I was not okay and that I needed help. And then the second step was after I asked for help from Jesus was to actually change my life and follow him no matter what happened or Mm -hmm. what backlash I got or who made fun of me or who left me.
0: Wow. There's like so many pieces to that, that I like want to, dig into. Like you said, like, that's, that's a really big thing. And that's all those different pieces are so brave. So I guess I want to first understand, like, when was the point when you realized, like, Hey, my life is not, I guess what I would like it to be like, or it's not what I thought it would be like, like, when was that? And like, what was maybe the event that triggered that for you?
1: So um going back to like last july or august area um a couple months before that so like last spring a couple months before that, so the spring of 2022 i was seeing this girl and there was a bunch of drama between me her and then like one of my my closest friends and that ended up splitting up that friendship with a group of guys that i really like enjoyed hanging out with that I've been buddies with for a long time. Mm. So then it was like two or three months after that. For two or three months, all I did was go to the gym, work out, work and basically go to bed every night. And I had stopped during that two or three months I had stopped smoking weed, which I had done for seven years pretty much every day. Mm. And then I had stopped drinking then too because the girl I was dating or whatever at the time was a bartender. Well then in like July or August last year. I met a different girl and we started digging and got really close. And my whole life I would always like something was trying to get me to stop smoking and stop um going to the bar and stop drinking like I did. But I would be able to stop like for, like a couple months by myself or a couple weeks and then someone, either one of my buddies or whatever, would ask me, Hey, do you wanna like smoke or do you want to go to the bar? And I would always like fall back into it. It would just be the one time with me doing it that then I would fall back into it, and I'd be doing it every day again. Mm -hmm. Well, then so I started dating this girl in like July, and I probably didn't start smoking again heavily until like the fall time, like probably like right around like November or October. Well, then every day that I was driving home from work, I would call her. Um, because I didn't know who else to talk to and she was the closest person in my life. I would call her every day on the way home from work and basically like yell at her or go off on her about how bad my day was at work because um my customers were yelling at me at work. So I would turn around and like take it out on her and that's when I would I started seeing how my anger my inability to control my emotions and then on top of that a couple other times when i was drinking i did a lot of things that i didn't want to do or i didn't even remember doing like mm-hmm. i would wake up the next day and she would tell me some of the things i did i'm like no i didn't do that and it was like i didn't even remember what i did and then like a couple times i would think like man dude like, that wasn't even me when wow. i was doing that stuff and then i could see how my anger was affecting her and then also affecting my coworkers and my my family members that were close to me so that's really like the first thing that um like gave me the notion or the idea that like i wasn't okay was my anger because people say like i've heard it my whole life like like their blood's literally boiling it's like how i would feel like i would be so mad i wouldn't even know what to do and i could like no matter how much i tried to stop my anger i tried to that's why i would go to the gym a lot was because i could take it out in the gym and it wouldn't be um i guess guided towards anyone else besides like just the weights in the gym and but it's like you're only in the gym for an hour so if something outside of that hour makes you mad then what i i had no answer for it so that's the first thing that really really gave me the idea that i needed like i needed help
0: wow yeah, I mean it's interesting like when you talk about that cuz like I mean anger is a real feeling and something that I've learned is that a lot of times like anger almost covers up sadness like if you're feeling like really sad about like a situation or sometimes it can be covered in anger but then also there's just being really angry cuz I know I know you had mentioned when I watched your like Facebook live that like people would be like really really hard on you at work and then it would cause all this just like almost like unrest and then like you said like you would take it out on the person that you're closest to because like those are the people that you feel like can almost take it and I don't I don't know why we as humans do that because I know I do the same thing like if I if I have a bad day at work I I know the first person that I usually feel like I take out the anger on is my husband when he's like so far removed from usually whatever i'm angry about but it's just <laughs> yeah. inter- it's just interesting like that's how humans are but wow i mean that's definitely a super profound and like super like super intense emotions to be feeling um i guess so when you realize like hey i'm super angry all the time like this isn't going away the things that i used to do to fix it whether like drinking or smoking or um the gym, that's not working anymore. So what'd you do?
1: Um. Well, there was a couple nights like in the spring after like basically every single day doing that with my ex um, where I would come home from work. I'd work out and I'd get back to my house at like 6.30 or 7 and I would smoke weed probably five or six times before I tried going to bed at like mm-hmm. 10 o'clock. Yeah. And then I would take melatonin, I would take sleeping pills to try and fall asleep. Because even after I smoked however many times, I still couldn't fall asleep. Wow. So when I take melatonin, and there was like, three or four nights, I was literally just tossing and turning until like three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I and I could not fall asleep. And I grew up going to church when I was a kid. And I never really believed like, I guess anything I was being taught. My parents mm-hmm. would always just go you know, so that's why I went. And Then around high school, like, I stopped going to church because they gave me the decision to go on my own or not since I was old enough. So that was probably a seven-year span that I didn't go to church at all. Well, those, like, couple of nights in the spring of 2023, I'm just laying in my bed staring at the ceiling basically was like, like, Jesus, if you're real, like, please take my anger away because I need your help and I'm hurting other people and I don't want to and I don't know what else to do. I've been trying my whole life. Not be angry like this. And I cannot help it. I cannot fix it on my own. So if it's in your will, like please just take my anger away, however way, whichever way you need to do it. And I said that probably like two or three times, maybe at night, like two or three nights. I said something like that. And then a month went, like around a month went by. And I had one of the worst days I had at work. It was on a Thursday in the end of March where like I, I had like five or six bad phone calls and it was like nine in the morning and this peace came over me that I've never felt before in my life and mm-hmm. like I saw I, it was the point where I could feel like myself getting so mad that I was going to like walk outside and just to blow off steam just walk around outside and all of a sudden this peace came over me that I'd never felt before and I remember driving home to work that day and I and I almost called my ex to tell her like, you'd never guess what happened. Like, like I'm actually not mad. And, like, today I had the worst day at work ever. I remember the whole way home thinking about calling her. But she was on her, her way home back to where she was from in Iowa. So I didn't want to, like, distract her or whatever when she was driving. Mm-hmm. But ever since that day, really, I have not been, like, anywhere near as mad as I was my whole life.
0: That's so cool. That's like a literal miracle. Yeah, it is. That's just, there's so, oh my gosh, There's. that's just like the coolest story. And like when I first heard it on your Facebook Live, I was just like, I just remember my like eyes were just like filled with tears because it's just like, that's, I mean, that's God. And not everybody like experiences those like huge grandiose like miracles right away. And like you said, like you had to almost like pray about that like multiple days before you saw it happen but just the fact that like he his goodness was like presented to you in that way is just I don't know that's just the coolest I I just love I love that story so um now kind of looking at what life looks like now I guess how has your life changed since that moment
1: um well like I said my ex was going back to Iowa at the time to like be at home with her parents and she came back Sunday and basically broke up with me kind of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And um, that, like, I never knew that I could love someone like as much as I loved her, even though I didn't love her like we're supposed to love like our partners. Mm-hmm. But at that time, that was the, the like the most I could do just because of how broken I was and how I, I was struggling with stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. And so then like two weeks went by and I literally was just talking to Jesus all day long, every day, because I didn't know what else to do. And then like a couple days after that, well, even just driving home that Sunday or Monday morning, I, I tried smoking weed like three or four times right away in a row. Like within like five minutes, I smoked like four or five times and um, I couldn't get high. And then wow. I was trying to go to the bars with like my buddies and I would drink like eight or 10 or 12 beers and I wouldn't get drunk and it's not because like I had such a high tolerance it was because in the moments God was showing me that that stuff is not going to help me and it was almost Mm -hmm. like like when I was in the bars it was almost like not like an out-of-body experience but like in movies they just solo in on one person in like a huge crowd and it's like no one else in the crowd knows that that one person's there that's that's what it was like when i was in the bars like two or three weekends in a row where i was like literally like by myself like i could walk right past somebody and like say something to them and they would not even know i was there and basically i would be sitting at the bar and i'd be like man dude i just want to go home like i don't even want to be here anymore and then um i remember two weeks two weeks to the day that dax broke up with me i met her um by by, like where I live, and we like gave each other the rest of our stuff that we had, we still had of each other's, and mm. I talked to her for like three hours about, and basically just like apologized for all the stuff I did, which I never would have done before in my life, like, mm. and then after that, out of nowhere, I just was like, "Dude, I deserve the Bible," and it's like no one even told me that. I still didn't know what was going on. So I started reading the Bible pretty much every day for like two or three hours a day. And all of a sudden, before the end of May, I was off like Tinder, Bumble. Like I deleted all of them. And usually, what I would do when a girl broke up with me or when I broke up with a girl was go to another girl right away. Well, all of a sudden, one day, I was like, dude, that's enough of this. Like I'm not doing this anymore. Like I need to focus. And be like married to Christ as we're called to be as Christians and so I deleted all my so- all my social media accounts really besides Facebook and I deleted Um, I got off of all the dating apps and then all of a sudden I stopped smoking I stopped drinking um I was like pretty much like I, I would say pretty much like heavily addicted to porn where like it would be like at least once a day multiple times on the weekend All of a sudden i stopped doing that and that was really the grace of god because that's something that i was doing since i don't know i was 12 years old that like not a lot of people would talk about if it were them but i'm not ashamed of it because it just shows how faithful and how good god is how powerful like how how his transformation power really is like the most powerful thing in the world because all of them things i could not have fixed on my own Mm -hmm. and this all happened while well, I still wasn't even going to church, I still wasn't even going to church at this point. And then, um, the first, then what really changed my life was like the first couple times that I heard God's voice, and, um, I never knew that that was possible.
0: Yeah, like, tell me about that. How did you know it was God's voice? And like, what did He say?
1: So the first, the first time that I can remember was. I went to a non-denominational church in um, the area I live in, out in Richfield, and they had. Do you go to Northbrook? A, that's that's where this happened. This time, okay. this time happened. It was one of the first couple of churches I went to t- in the area. But so I was sitting in the pew or whatever, and this is what, the first time being in church in like seven or eight years outside of Christmas. So. I felt, like, really out of place, and they had, like, some mission, um, something for, like, supporting kids in need through, like, a mission group, Mm -hmm. and this voice, and they were talking about they had, like, pamphlets or folders in the entryway, and that if you wanted to support these kids in need to grab or talk to the people before you leave for the day, and, like, there was this voice telling me, like, go grab a pamphlet or go grab a folder, like, over and over again, nonstop. And I, in my head, I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm not doing that. This is my first time in church. I don't know. It's good. Like, why would I do that? Like, I am I have all these things I'm still struggling with, like like the porn, the the, the sex inside of marriage, the drugs, the alcohol, um, all this stuff I'm still struggling with. Why would I do that? Well, then, the next week, I went back there again. That Sunday, the pastor was talking about the same, um, like, mission group again. And he said, it was like the same thing. He said, if you guys want to do this, or if you want to support these kids, go, there's stuff in the back for you. So then this voice in my head again says, go back there and grab one. And I was like, no, dude, I'm not doing that. Well, then the next three days I was at work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nonstop in my head, I heard, like, call Northbrook and talk to someone about the mission groups, or talk call Northbrook and talk to them about them kids. So I eventually called one of the pastors and talked to her on the phone on my lunch break. And um she said that all the the physical copies they had were all that like everyone all the kids were taken, but she gave me the website to go on. So I went down to the website and I sponsored two kids, which I'm still like sponsoring today, like I we read each other's letters and stuff. Um oh. as soon as I paid for them kids, that voice stopped in my head. And oh my at that time I didn't know it was God, but then the second time that I remember audibly hearing God's voice because I'm now like I'm still trying to find the right church to go to I'm still trying to figure out why my ex broke up with me out of nowhere why why all of a sudden my friends don't want to hang out with me anymore my parents think I'm weird um two my family members can see a difference the guys at work can see a difference and God was just revealing so much stuff to me like so much of his wisdom and his knowledge to me Well, all of a sudden I I would just start fasting and like, I I, I lift a lot of, like I'm in the gym a lot Mm -hmm. and I need to eat a lot of food just to stay at the same weight I'm at right now. So for me to just decide not to eat food at all for days at a time is not something I ever have done before in my life. And so I would fast for like two or three days at a time. Because I I seen a verse in the Bible when um, Jesus is talking about how the disciples tried to deliver a demon out of someone in the Bible and they couldn't get the demon to leave. And then Jesus delivered the demon out and they asked him why. And he said, um, an evil spirit like this does not come out except by prayer and fasting. Mm. And then I seen that Je- Jesus fasted multiple times throughout the Bible. And I was like, okay, that that's pretty significant. And another the thing is, is that verse in the Bible, I believe it's in Matthew, is not in the Bible that I have that verse it skips from like verse 20 to 22 and that verse it says it does not come out except by prayer and fasting it was cut out and then i looked it up and it's cut out of like it's cut out of like three or four other bi- other versions of the bible but it's in like the king james and the new king james version so then it really started getting me to think why would they have cut that out if that wasn't like super important so then that's really what made me want to fast in the first place so when i was in the middle of like a three-day fast at work and I kept asking, like God, like throughout the whole day, like, dude, like God, like, why did she, why why did she leave when she did? Like, why did she break up when she did? And I just heard a voice tell me, because she wouldn't have went on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. And wow. that's nothing like I would have made up on my own or have thought of on my own because she was the one that was going to, to Catholic church when we were dating. She was the one going to church. She would go to church on her own some some Sundays. The like, I never went with her, but some Sundays she would just go on her own. So like for me to think something like that would make no sense that's like the first two times or those two times that i knew that that's what what god's voice was like and Mm -hmm. that was nothing i was ever taught in churches that you can actually hear god's voice Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's interesting because i was talking um actually the episode that i'll be releasing tomorrow um with my friend Lexi about the same topic, and she actually goes to Northbrook, and that's where we met. Um, about this idea of like hearing God's voice, and it's so interesting because, like, all these encounters that you've been having with God are just like, I don't know, like they're just so profound, and they're so like, yes, this is the voice of God. Um, we were both talking about how like we each hear from God in like completely different ways. Um, mm-hmm. so for some people, they do hear that audible voice, and I've I don't know if I've ever heard the voice, but it's just, like, this feeling that's, like, so, like, not me. Like, it couldn't be for me. There's no way because it's just, like, so intense. Like, like I need to do something. Like, I had a moment um, when I was in church and I was sitting there and there was this lady next to me. And, um, I just kept hearing the voice of God, like, and again, not an audible voice, but like more of like him talking to me, like through my heart, like just being like, okay, go tell that lady that you're like glad she's here. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, God, that's super weird. I'm, he's like, no, go tell her that you're happy. She's here. And I'm like, no. Nope. That's, that's super weird. God, please like, please leave, leave it alone. I don't need to like, she's having her time. I'm having my time. I don't need to go say that. And God's like, no. And it kept like in my heart. I was like, okay, okay, God, at the end of the service, I will go tell her I'm so glad she's here. And I did it. And it's like nothing like crazy happened, but you could just tell there was like a piece about her by me saying like, hey, I'm so happy you're here that she... Like you could just tell that it was like one of those like moments that was just very like spiritual and it was just this like understanding. And I was like, God, I don't know why you had me do that, but like, but I I get what you mean. But it's interesting that you said you heard this like audible voice because everybody just hears from him so different. But it's just, it's so cool that he speaks to us in that way.
1: Yeah, it is. Like, like you said, and the, the one thing that I've learned a lot too throughout the summer here is that, um, so I was still like really like trying to learn because I know that um like God can speak to us and we we can speak to ourselves in our own thoughts or we'll have thoughts that are like just solely from us, but then at the same time the devil can put stuff in our mind and mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. And for like three or four months after me and the ex broke up, that's all that was in my head nonstop was all the things I did to her all the things i did to any other girl in my past basically any single time i made someone feel bad said someone bad, said something bad about somebody or even any like bad action i had done was replaying through my head non-stop and like mm-hmm. i tried talking to therapists like i would literally be at work talking to the therapist on the phone for like an hour because i literally could not sit at my desk because of how bad these thoughts were in my head and then one day like kind of out of nowhere i i basically just said like like satan like get out of my head in the name of jesus right now and that's did you kind say of that like audibly
0: said, or in your head
1: yeah i said it all, out loud
0: yeah that's and, awesome
1: and all of a sudden them thoughts left and i was like okay well if the devil can put thoughts in my head i i want to know god's voice between my voice between the devil's voice so that's something i started asking god for a lot like like discernment and wisdom on that and like you said like he'll put stuff on our hearts like it's not always an audible voice but it's like he'll tell you to go and do something without you hearing it where all of a sudden you're like oh i should go and do this and Mm -hmm. one thing that i always try to to look at it to determine whether it's it's of god or not is i look at it like well would god want me to do this thing or would the devil want me to do this and like in your case the devil wouldn't want you to go and tell someone that you're happy that they're at church. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I, I used to kind of gauge it at the beginning. And then another thing that I used was I found out a lot when God wants me to do something like almost 95% of the time, it is something I do not want to do. And that, that like leads into like some of the, like, so what I said, all this leading up to this, was like took bravery in, a, in and of itself because I established myself as a person, as an athlete, really mm-hmm. good in shape. Always got like girls, all this stuff, and basically God was like tearing it down, breaking it all down, and showing me that's not of Him. And I went through like a deep repentance of like literally laying on my bedroom floor crying pretty much every night. Mm-hmm. And there are so many times that I would want to like I would look and be like Man, like it be good if you just went drink right now and you didn't have to think about this stuff but really by the grace of god i did not fall back into it like that and then so when i played softball a bunch this summer with like three or four different days a week and all of a sudden god put it on my heart to share the gospel with one of my softball teams and i was like wow. no dude i was like no dude i'm not doing that and Slen, so the one monday In the beginning of July, it was super heavy. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it now. Well, then the whole week after that, it was, you need to tell them the gospel. You need to tell them the gospel. You need to Mm -hmm. tell them the gospel. And I was like, okay, God, like next week I'll do it. Well, then that week came up and it was like the first week that we had won a game because a lot of these guys hadn't played before ever. So, like, we were just out there having fun and stuff, but it was like the first game we won. So then, like, I tried to convince myself in my head. No, like these guys just had their first win. Like, I don't want to make it all about myself. So then I didn't tell him again. And then the next week came by and I got distracted or something after the game. So I didn't tell him three weeks in a row. And it was like so heavy that like I would almost be tearing up like, like, God, like I'm so sorry. Like, I know you want me to tell the gospel to these guys, and I I I just can't do it, or I don't know why I don't do it, or why I haven't done it. And it was like a heavy, like, burden. It felt like it was a burden placed on me. Mm. And then I was in church the beginning of August, and I was reading my Bible like throughout the summer, and one of the verses that I seen was it's it was in um Mark, it was in Mark 16. <laughs> And it, it's talking about the signs of people that believe in Jesus, and it says Jesus said, and these will, these signs will accompany those who believe in me. They will speak in new tongues. They will drive out demons in my name. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Um, they will drink poison and not be injured, and they will they will pick up snakes and not be harmed. And I was like, okay, if Jesus says right here that signs of those that believe in him will be people that speak in tongues people that lay their hands on the sick and those people get healed and that demons be drove out in jesus name why have i never seen that before is what i kept thinking to myself and yeah. then i was praying for like it had to be every day for a month like jesus if if like these are signs that that will accompany people that believe in you and i believe in you now like i want this stuff to happen to me and then i spoke in tongues for the first time in the beginning of august sunday at church and then i got baptized in the name of jesus as the bible says like through biblical baptism like dunked in the water baptized in the name of jesus for the remission of sins and then the next day was the monday that i played with that softball team after that game i preached the gospel to those guys for 15 or 20 minutes and like god was bringing back scripture into my mind that i had never like like i wasn't even thinking of stuff to say he was like putting scripture wow. into my head that i should tell these guys and i could tell that every single one of them that god touched every single one of them because they were all tearing up by the time oh I oh my done.
0: gosh that's so cool and
1: and that's that, that's like the first thing that looking back on it too there's no way i could have done that in my own power mm-hmm. because and it's almost like the same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, when Jesus told the disciples to wait in the town they were in, which was Jerusalem, until they were endued with power from on high. And then they received the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other tongues, as it's talked about in Acts 2. And then Peter preached to, like, however many thousands of people, and um, it says that the people were cut to their heart, and they asked They asked Peter, what should we do then? And he said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And how it said that the people were cut to their heart. That's how I knew that the Holy Spirit touched each and every one of them guys that I was talking to. Because Mm -hmm. they were tearing up and I didn't know what to say. I didn't even know, like really, I was so like afraid of doing it. Even though they were dudes I knew my whole life that I could tell that God was talking me to each and every Mm -hmm. one of them and i have no idea how it affected them but then as soon as that happened that burden was lifted off of me and that's how i knew that it was god that wanted me to do that because that's one thing i learned too is once god tells you to do something he's going to continuously tell you to do it until you do it Mm -hmm. like it's not just going to go away
0: yeah and like when you say like you felt that like presence of him wanting you to do something What's and, and tell me if I'm right or am I wrong? It's like it's gentle, like, but it's not like God puts that guilt on you or shame or anything like that. I feel like it's always just like almost like a parent, like they just want what's best for you. And like you can almost feel that, like, you can feel like, okay, God wants what's best for me. He really wants me to do this. You feel a pressure to do it, but it's not like the same as, like, say, when Satan is telling you to do something where yeah. it feels like dark and heavy. Like, I feel like when God tells you to do something, like, there's a pressure to it and there's like a force to it but it's not something that makes you feel like shameful or puts you in a dark place it's just something that almost gives you like a sense of urgency is that like because I guess that's what I've noticed can you kind of like is that how you felt or was it a little bit different or
1: that's how I felt too it almost felt like a responsibility yes is what I would describe it as Yeah, yeah and like the more I would put it off the more I would be, like, convicted of not doing it. Mm-hmm. And, like, just when you were talking right now, one thing that comes to my mind is that, like, godly sorrow um, produces repentance, where God mm-hmm. grants repentance. It's not a work. God's the one that grants it. His kindness grants us the ability to repent in the first place. 100%. To turn yeah. away from our sin and turn towards God. But then also godly sorrow grants it so, like, when I would not do what God wanted me to do, I would feel like a godly sorrow about it, where I would be like asking Him for forgiveness. And like another thing that really like I, I learned throughout the summer was that God is, he, He's like He He puts an order on everything, like He has an order into how He does stuff. You could tell that from, from the beginning of the Bible all the way through. He strategically mm-hmm. has certain events happen, and then they they reflect what happens in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And one of the stories that really comes to my mind is how Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh and preach <gasps> yes. to the and preach to the Gentiles. Yes. Because he didn't want them to to repent. Well mm-hmm. then he tried going the opposite direction and God had a huge whale swallow him up and take him to Nineveh anyways. Mm-hmm. And that's like one thing that I learned is that God has an order so if he tells us to do something it's because it's not really to have anything to do with us. It's it's all about the people that we're supposed to pray for or talk to or or just tell them, like, you hope they have a good day. Because it's not always, like, when God tells you to do stuff, it's not always preach the gospel to them. Like, one time I was in a gas station, and it was put on my heart, like, just tell this guy that Jesus loves him. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I drove out of the gas station parking lot, and all of a sudden the conviction hit me big time. And I literally did a U-turn and pulled back in there. Walked right up to the counter and just said, "Hey, man! Like I was in here before. God told me to tell you that He loves you, so I just came back here to tell you that Jesus loves you." And then I walked out, and Aww. and like that's all—that's all you that's all wanted me to do. And it's like that had nothing to do with me at all. The same way that when you were felt to go to that that woman and tell you tell her that you're happy, mm-hmm. she's there. That had nothing to do with you at all. It had everything to do with with that woman. And maybe what she was going through, she needed to hear something like that. So it's like when God tells us to do something, it's because we might be more effective doing what he asks compared to if we don't do it, he has to have someone else do it.
0: You can tell like God, the Holy Spirit's like speaking through you when you talk, because it's just like everything, I don't know, there's just so much like purpose behind everything you're saying. And I just like, I have so many different thoughts. What's crazy is, so my episode, episode two of the podcast is with my friend Lexi. And it's funny because she sa- tells the same story that you just told um, about Jonah. And <laughs> and I just, it's, that's, but I think it's, that's sums up bravery. Like God's going to put you in situations that are super uncomfortable that you don't want to be in, but he's going to like equip you for them and I don't know. I just think it's kind of crazy that like you mentioned that story. I just got done talking to Lexi about that same story and other Bible stories as well throughout hers. Um, but as you were talking, I do have like a couple follow-up questions. Um, so you had mentioned that like you're listening to God's voice. You're doing all these things that are really out of the ordinary. Um, And you also said that people have started to kind of like reject that now for the situation with your softball team, clearly they were encouraged, clearly they were inspired, but you also mentioned that you've experienced a lot of like rejection from people as a result of this, like, um, really new life through Jesus. Um, tell me a little bit more about that and how it's been to navigate that.
1: So even though some guys seemed receptive that day, Mm -hmm. and I don't like, like, judging people because i don't judge anyone because everyone's on their own training and i'm no better than anyone else but throughout the summer they would ask me hey jesse you want a beer jesse come to the bar with us after the game jesse you're going to the bathroom right now can you just grab me a beer and i would constantly no man like i'm a new person like god changed me i'm not into that stuff anymore if you want to get a beer you can go buy one for yourself i'm not i'm not inhabiting that anymore i'm not not promoting people to do that anymore but usually i would just go to the bar and just buy the dude a beer even if i'm not drinking but it's like small it was almost like small stuff like that because the devil's not going to sit there and say here's this huge chain let me tie you up mm-hmm. It's he's going to put a little temptation in front of you over and over again and try and get you to fall into it where you don't even know it's him well then all of a sudden, like these dudes just stopped hitting me up outside of softball and I was the one running the team. So and then on top of that, I was playing on like two or three other teams. And even at work, like I'd be starting to talk about Jesus at work. Like these guys would use Jesus' name in vain all the time when they're mad. These guys are saying that at at, at work, and I would start saying out loud, like, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, or Jesus, help me get through this, or jesus is still alive today or like jesus died on the cross for my sins so they would say jesus name and i would like turn it into like a sentence or something to like give like jesus praise and many times these dudes would be like shut up jesse i don't want to hear anymore like you've talked enough about jesus today mm-hmm. and that oh, would happen gosh. in my workplace um i would and and it's like all of a sudden inside of me i would just want to tell everybody about jesus about what he did for me And this was like right from the beginning in like early spring Mm -hmm. and i would talk to my parents almost every day and it's like they go to church and stuff but it's like even they didn't want to hear about it so it'd be jesse i'm too tired right now i don't i don't want to hear about it you don't you don't need to talk about jesus so much or that's great jesse that's good for you is what i'd hear a lot too and it's it's really like just fascinating to me that I faced rejection all the times from all these different girls and stuff. But it's almost like that was nothing compared to what um, happens when you try to tell people about Jesus. Because it's not even the people that don't like it. It's, mm-hmm. Jesus said it perfectly that like if people in the world rejected me, they're going to reject you also. Because you are not greater than who sent you. And so then I, I basically handled it by looking at it as... If stuff that happened to Jesus in the Bible is happening to me now, doing what I feel like Jesus wants me to do, then I must be doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. I must be doing what Jesus actually wants me to do. Mm -hmm. Because all that stuff, as the Bible says, too, as Jesus said, like, if you go into a town and share my message and the people in the town do not accept you, Wipe the dust off your feet and go to the next place. So there was many times that I shared the gospel with people or I shared my testimony, and I would literally wipe the dust off my feet like when I was walking away because there's people out there that want to hear the message, and, they, and, they're, and they're eager, and, and their hearts are ready for it. So to be hung up on a person that doesn't want to hear it at all, if you tell them, and that's what God wants you to do, it's almost like just keep it pushing and go to the next person because there's so many other people out there that are ready for it, that, that are waiting to hear it. And they need someone to tell them because if they haven't heard it before, there has to be someone to tell them. So that's really how I navigated. Mm -hmm. It was either asking God, God, was I trying to do this out of my own will or was I trying to lean on you and, and have you deliver the message through me? Because I realized a lot of time, a couple of times too, I felt like I should go and do something, but it wasn't really God nudging me. And that seemed to be the most times that people would not be receptive to it. So Mm -hmm. really, I looked at it as either they don't want to hear about Jesus, or I wasn't doing it in God's will, because Mm -hmm. he's the one that draws people onto him anyways. So it's not even anything we're doing. He just wants to use us. Mm -hmm. So really, the rejection wasn't that big of a thing, and it still isn't because I know that they're not rejecting me and they're rejecting Jesus and that that's, that has nothing to do with me at all. I'm just the one delivering the message. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting. Cause like, if you really read the Bible, all of, the people that God uses, like they go through trials and tribulations and like mm-hmm. things that you're talking about. And I, I kind of try to remember that when I'm thinking about my own life too, because a lot of times you want, like you wish for a peaceful life and you wish for a life that um, doesn't have a ton of trials and you wish, like, I, I can even think of like when I'm praying lately and it, it makes me almost want to like change what i'm praying but it's like you're wishing for life to be not so difficult but then when you think about it like what are the things that bring you closer to jesus it's like the things it's when life gets difficult it's it's when life presents you with challenges and you realize like i can't handle this on my own like i can only handle this if you're with me god and i don't know like when you were sharing. Like, had you not had all these experiences of, like, trials and tribulations and things that, like, were really, really difficult, like, maybe you would have never, like, met Jesus in the way you did. So it can be really easy to, like, wish for. And God provides a peaceful life, but he doesn't provide a life that's, like, without trials. And so it's interesting when you have shared, like, even then when you started to follow Jesus so closely, like, people expect, like, oh, now life is going to get really easy and things are going to be much much better. And a lot of times, like the closer you follow Jesus, that's when things like almost start to ramp up a bit because I I feel like the enemy then thinks like, oh, great. Like this is going to be, this person's going to be making waves in the kingdom. I got to find a way to stop this. And that can be super hard to navigate. So, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that because it can't be easy, especially when it's like, I mean, I knew you in high school when you have like, you have so many friends, like I can't imagine how hard that could be when those friends then start to like reject something that's so deep in your core.
1: I mean, like it it was really tough, but uh, like the one thing that like, it was crazy too, because so many things would be inside of like, my like, like just like a knowing inside of me or I'd Mm -hmm. feel something. And then I would like read it in the Bible like a couple days later. And one of them was like, I'd be driving home from softball, whatever day of the week I was playing. And I'd be like, Man, like, I don't even feel like I should be here, like, on earth right now. Like, I feel, like, so different than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, like, the Bible really talks about how the earth is not our home. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that, that our home is in heaven with him. And that's what, like, so it's, like, stuff like that would happen where I'd be, like, I'd be feeling something. And I'd be, like, man, dude, like, this is so messed up. But then I'd, like, read. And it would like show up in like the next day or two or I'd be listening to a sermon online and the, that pastor would say something that I had just like thought or or said out loud to someone else. Mm-hmm. Where it's clearly like all that stuff people could say is a coincidence or something, but that's how God can speak to people too, is through stuff like that, where it's not even putting something on your heart. It's where you think about something or or you say something and then all of a sudden you see it somewhere else in the Bible or someone else comes and talks to you about it. Right. And, that, like, so going through all that stuff, really, it sh- it showed me a lot that, like, with Christ, like, all things are possible because mm-hmm. I didn't have them before, and I thought I had everything figured out. And then going through, like, the worst period of my life, like, emotionally, and then I lost, like, a lot of weight from the fasting, and then I literally wasn't eating when me and the ex broke up, too. Um. Mm-hmm going through all that like i jesus is the only one that brought me through that there is Mm -hmm. no way i could have came through it on my own and the bible talks about too is like to rejoice when you go through trials of many kinds because they they produce the maturing of your faith Mm -hmm. and without trials your faith will not be mature because if nothing's tested nothing like you're not going to grow at all and that's really how jesus takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory is by Putting a certain trial in front of us, and then we either pass it or we don't. But once Mm -hmm. we pass it, it's like he takes us to the next level, and then he puts another trial in front of us. Because without those things, I wouldn't have needed Jesus. Like without being at the lowest I was in my my entire life, I would not have have sought him the way I did. And I didn't even know what I was doing at first. So it's really him that taught me all of it for the first four or five months. it, It was all Jesus showing me everything, and without that, like. You can't, it's so hard. That's why I look at like some people that go to church just based on a religion and not like actually wanting to know Jesus. They just think like, I should go here because going to church makes me a good person, which I don't think is bad at all because we all should be going to church. But for them to try and live as a Christian without God, without knowing Jesus, without asking him to help them, that blows my mind that people could even do that in the first place because there's no way I could do that. Mm Mm-hmm
0: at one point in your life i know you mentioned this in your facebook live like and just from knowing you like you said that like you had basically everything that the world says is amazing like i mean i know you were very popular in high school like you were homecoming king right like (laughs) you were very popular you went to college you played college football you have a really good job You said you were with a, like you had a significant other. It's like, those are all the things that the world says, like, that's what you need to be happy. Like, that's, that's what you need. And it's like on the surface, like you had everything that quote unquote, you need to be happy, but you said you were feeling like, just like it it wasn't enough. And then, so then to hear you on the opposite side saying like, no, like meeting Jesus and having this relationship with Jesus and now like changing the way I live my life, like this is now what's made me feel like whole in a way, which is which is just so cool. Cause it's just, I don't know, it's just not how the world teaches us that life should be. Like even, even me and I know so many other people think like, okay, if I just have like the right house or the right car, or the right spouse or whatever mm-hmm. it is, like that's what's gonna make me happy. And like what I continue to hear you say like throughout our recording is like, like Jesus is the way, like Jesus is the way for you to find peace, for you to find fulfillment. And I don't know, it just, just the way you're able to explain all these really complex things and just breaking it down to the fact that like, yes, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. It's just amazing. And I, I'm just so proud of you because... I don't know. I just, I'm so proud of you of how you're doing it so fearlessly. And like, that's, that's what this podcast is about is hearing how brave people are. And I just, I just have to say like, I'm so proud of you. And I know you're probably going to turn it back and say like, oh, but this is, this is God's will, not God's will, not mine. But I do have to give you credit in like working and pairing with God to like have created this new life for yourself. So I am, I am really proud of you.
1: Uh, yeah, I appreciate that because, like, it, like in Revelation, Jesus says that He'll stand at the door and knock, but we're, we have to open it. So, like, my my example of that was when I'm laying in bed, I on like sleeping pills and I can't sleep. He was sitting there knocking for I don't even know how long. Or like there was multiple car accidents where I totaled I told two vehicles in the past two years where I barely walked away with a scratch. And like even back then, I knew it was Jesus. I knew Jesus like protected me. But I didn't change. I didn't like start reading his word. I didn't start talking to him or nothing. And so it's like he—it's he, like he almost leads everyone up in a different way, where he like builds it up almost like a story, like in a book. He mm-hmm. builds it up like to the climax, and usually, like instead of the climax being something good, it's like one of the worst things because until people know that they need Jesus, they're not going to reach out to him at all, and really, like, what gave me the strength or, I guess, the courage to do the things that that um that God put on my heart to do or to even follow Him is like, I don't know how to describe it besides, like, instead of, like, praying, like, asking Him for things or thanking Him, sometimes I pray, like, out loud. Like, I will declare Scripture out loud. And, like, so, like, a lot of things that I would do, like, when I was playing softball, I played in the outfield. I'd be walking out to the outfield and I would just be reciting Bible verses mm. out loud the whole time leading up because I know that I would not be able to talk to these guys effectively afterwards about Jesus and the gospel if Jesus was not the one helping me. So mm. I'd be declaring like God like it's your will that none should perish but all should come to repentance and inherit eternal life. And then like Bible verses like no weapon formed against, against us shall prosper. And God, you, you promise that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That doesn't mean that weapons won't be formed. It means that they shall not be prospered. They shall mm-hmm. never prosper. And that God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. And it's like saying that stuff out loud, whether people realize it or not, it has a huge effect on both things on the earth and stuff spiritually, because. At the beginning of the Bible, God spoke everything into existence. He mm-hmm. spoke it out loud. So if we have the same spirit, if we have Jesus Christ's spirit living inside of us, that means that he's the one talking through us if we're living and walking in the spirit. So that if we say stuff out loud, it holds weight. Like There's a bunch of Bible verses talking about that, that talk about how you should speak. And it's all about speaking life and not tearing people down. So then by me doing that, and this is something I didn't even think about my own. All of a sudden I just started doing it. That started shifting. It would, it would shift my attitude. It would shift me not wanting to do something, which it would give me courage just saying the scripture out loud. And it's like, not even like praying. Like you're just, you're just saying God's word and it's his word. It's not your word. So there's a lot more weight that, that's, that, that, that's, it carries because it's God, God's word that, it's the sword of the spirit and that penetrates like flesh bone and marrow and it, it's all his word that does it so if you're saying his word that's his will like his will is his word and mm-hmm. once i realized that and i would start just saying scripture out loud or pray scripture over other people or pray it over myself that's what really started shifting a lot and that's that's really what gave me a lot of the courage that i have mm-hmm. it is is from him and his word and saying it out loud and not just praying in my head
0: Mm -hmm. because it's funny um I've heard that like the enemy like he can't the enemy can't get in your mind but he can hear you so if you're like saying scripture out loud the enemy can hear that and that's like when he gets scared and can move away from it um and I just thought that was interesting I don't know who I heard that from it was definitely someone who like was heavily like like had a very close relationship with God and was like heavily, um, in scripture. So it was, it was definitely like truth, but I forget. And I know it comes from the Bible, but it's something mm-hmm. about the fact that like Satan essentially cannot get in your mind. But, um, if you say things out loud, then that can scare him away. Cause he can hear that. So, um, or I should say he can't hear your thoughts, but he can get in your thoughts. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm butchering that explanation. So, um. It's just, it's cool when you're talking about like how, like, you just have these verses now, like, in your heart and in your soul, and you're able to, like, speak them over your life, like, when you're in hard situations. Because, yeah, there's really nothing more powerful than that, than being able to, like, recite true scripture, like, God's actual word when you're in really hard situations. Like, I know, like, with my anxiety and my obsessive compulsive disorder, one thing that really helps me is when I, like, recite the verse, like, do not be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Or if I think so, of like, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And then if you, what's beautiful about those verses, if you read the front end and the back end, it makes them even more powerful. But just knowing that short um snippet that you can like recite out loud can do is just really powerful. It's like something that goes beyond, like like you said, it goes beyond this earth. It goes to the heavens and all across the universe. And it's just something that's. Yeah, that's really profound and um impactful. So um I know we've been, I could probably talk about this for like a couple <laughs> hours, but I do I do just want to close with one final question for you, Jesse. Um for someone, because when I looked at the demographics fix of who's been listening to this podcast, it's gonna be a lot of different people, which I think is going to be super cool because, um, it's essentially a self-help podcast. So people are going to be coming probably with some religious backgrounds. Maybe some people have just started on their faith journey. Maybe some people had no intention of starting their faith journey. And then they listen to these sweet voices that I'm going to be sharing with the world. And they're like, man, I, I want that. Like, I want what those people have, which would be really, really cool. So essentially it's going to be people from all different walks of life, all different paths that they've taken on their life journey. But the hope is that by hearing like encouraging words from you, from my friend Lexi, my friend Ashley is on the podcast. She's also a follower, like all these people that really like hold Jesus so close in their hearts that they get encouraged. So if after listening to this, they're like, man, I want to feel what Jesse's feeling right now. Like, I want to have that peace. I want to have a relationship with God like that. What's like one or two steps you could give them in order to like start that relationship?
1: I would say the first thing, the 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 best thing I can suggest is literally just open up your heart and talk to Jesus. Like, and just give him everything that's on your heart. Everything that that's bad that you might've done Everything that you're struggling with, everything that you're, you have anxiety about, if you're depressed, if you're you're lonely, if you're dealing with rejection, if you're dealing with hurt from family members or friends or from a church maybe, is to literally just tell Jesus every single thing that's on your heart. Because I know for someone my age that there are so many things that we keep to ourselves that we don't talk about, mm-hmm. and, and Jesus is there all day long, every day. Wanting to hear from you. So my first my first suggestion would be to literally pour out your heart to him. And if you don't know, if you're, you're sitting there thinking like, oh, I don't know if I'm praying right. Or I don't know if I should tell God this. He, well, one, he already knows. But he wants to hear from you. So if you're sitting there in prayer or just talking to him and you're thinking, man, I don't know if I'm doing this right. 95% of the time you are, you are doing it right because there's no perfect way to do it. The best thing you can do is be truthful with him, and just tell him all the things you're struggling with, and and, and you want help because he wants to help us, and we all do need help, whether people realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I would suggest is reading the Bible, mm-hmm. because that is God's word. So if you want to know God, if you want to know Jesus, it it, it comes to reading His word. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest doing research if you don't believe, like maybe you don't believe the Bible is not percent true look it up like look it up and do a bunch of research on it because it is like the most scientifically proven book to exist and i could go off for 20 30 minutes on that because i did a bunch of research on it on my own mm-hmm. but like and, and then i want to like encourage people because i was going through rejection um i was going through rejection addiction um like addiction to porn and sex um lost like the, the only girl i really really loved in my life Um, My family members didn't know know who I was anymore. Everyone at work turned on me. All my friends kind of turned on me. Um, So I went through like everything pretty much that a person can go through. And I went through all of it at one time. Mm -hmm. And literally just telling Jesus everything and asking him for his strength and his help with it. Because he blesses us in ways we don't know that we need to be blessed. But just being real with him and then reading his word and reading his word out loud. When you read, you're reading the Bible to read it out loud. One thing that he promises is that his word, if spoken, will not return void. Meaning that when his word gets spoken out loud, something will happen. Something he promises it. And the last thing I'll kind of say is that God is 100% sinless. He's never sinned before ever. So if he promises something in the Bible, he has to come through like Mm -hmm. whether people will think that's a good good way to view it or not that's what built my faith was reading all the times that all the promises he made and then i started praying for that stuff to happen even it might not happen right away you you might pray 30 40 50 times maybe more before something happens Mm -hmm. but if god promises something he will come through on it because otherwise he would be a liar and he could not be a liar Mm -hmm. so that's what i would really encourage people to is open their hearts to him and just pour out everything they have and just be genuine because you can't really... God already knows everything. He knows everything you're going through. So to try and hide certain stuff from him, he knows it anyways. Mm -hmm. So you might as well just give it all to him. He wants you to, and he wants to be there and help you through it. But if you're not going to open yourself up 100%, you're not going to get 100% of Jesus. And the same thing he did for me and whoever else is on the podcast... Telling their story or everything that he does for Emma, too. He wants to do it for every single person that's alive because he's the one that made us and he knows us better than anyone else. So, God's the one that knows everything. He is the beginning of all wisdom. And so, everything you're struggling with, he can help you through it and he knows how to. And you just have to be open to it. You have to be genuine with him and then read his word because then you know what his will is and you know how he wants you to live. And that's really where it all starts—is is talking to him. Like you don't have to be like in a secret place praying to him constantly. Where it's like it's good to be secluded and in your own space. You can talk to him when you're at work. You can talk to him when you're driving in your car. You can talk to him when you're in the gym. You can talk to him when you're out in public. It's just constant communication. That's why the Bible says to pray without ceasing. So that's what I would really just suggest is just start talking to him like he's your best friend. And he's a father, like he's a good father. Whether people have had broken fathers or broken parenthoods on earth here, and he wants to be like a father, they're guiding you through everything. So if there are times where you get corrected, it's because he loves you, not because he wants to hurt you or hurt your feelings or make things more difficult. It's because he wants the best for you. So that's what I would encourage people to do. I mean, if he can take me through all the depression, the anxiety, the anger, drugs the alcohol the sex the porn if he can take all that stuff and change me the way he did he can do that for any other person he can do it greater for that than he did it for me
0: well i think i mean that's the perfect way to end this episode jesse thank you for sharing your story thank you so much for being so vulnerable because i think so many people are going to listen to this and be like man that's how i'm living or wow, I can identify with a lot of what he's saying. And what's so beautiful about your story is just like, all of your focus is on what God did for your life. And you're so honest. And I don't know, I'm just, again, I already said it, but I'm just so proud of you. And I know this is gonna encourage people. And I know it's gonna bring a lot of people to God's goodness and to hopefully have a relationship with him because the way you were able to explain everything and explain how he changed your life was just from a place of just such vulnerability and humility. And I just know that this is going to help so many people. So again, the glory goes to God, but I also just want to thank you for allowing him to put you in a position where he was able to just use you to help others because i know i know it's going to even if it's five five people two people or a hundred thousand people it's gonna work for his good so i just thank you for being on the show and i just thank you for being so vulnerable and brave
1: yes yeah, so i thank you for having me on thank you for your kind words And i just thank jesus in advance for all the stuff he's going to do through your podcast mm-hmm. because he doesn't put people in positions like this it's not to help other people so i'm i'm just giving him the glory already for all the people you're going to touch to your or he's going to touch through your podcast and i'm just excited to see where he takes us so i uh, thank you for having me on here and thanks uh, for your time
0: You guys, if you loved this episode or you enjoyed any of my other episodes, please, please, please give a rating on whatever platform you're listening. It helps the show so much and means the world to me to hear your feedback. If you'd like to follow along with more from me and my friends and just hear more about my day-to-day life, please follow me on social media, which is Be Brave with Emma B on Instagram or Facebook. I so look forward to hearing from you guys and becoming friends. Thank you.